Welcome once again to the Wide Teams Podcast, the podcast for geographically dispersed teams and remote workers. Located on the web at wideteams.com and on Twitter at Wide Teams. This is episode 35. I am your host, Avdi Grimm. For many years, the term distributed software team was virtually synonymous with outsourcing. In this episode, we take a look at the world of outsourcing from the perspective of a common outsourcing destination, the Philippines. Wide Team's field correspondent, Keith Bennett, brings us this interview with Harvey Lowson, managing partner of ID Wave Technology Corporation in Cebu. They discussed dealing with major time zone differences, balancing local work with overseas clients, the cultural differences between American and Filipino clients, the importance of studying business skills as well as technical skills, and much more. Enjoy. Hello, this is Keith Bennett for WideTeams.com. I'm here in Cebu in the Philippines with Harvey Losin. We're sitting in his car outside of his office so that we have a quiet place to talk. There's a goat a few yards away, and we're hoping that he or she will not uh, be too vocal while we're talking. So, Harvey, tell us a little bit about yourself, about your company, your background, and how uh, you've dealt with distributed teams. Um, hi, this is Harvey Lawson. I'm a managing partner, and uh, basically the... Uh, overall manager of uh, IdeaWave Technology Corporation. Um, our company is set up on a partnership. Um, I have two U.S., I mean, I have two American partners uh, from Arizona, um, and they are basically our primary client. Um, we have projects also that um, involved uh, teams here in Cebu and same time teams from the client side there in the US um, at first it was a bit different from us because um, as a long time freelance web developer uh, most projects I have encountered is clients seem to just give me instructions and after a certain time I bring back uh, the output but this time um, we work hand in hand with a certain equivalent of my position here so for example I have this particular project uh, I have an equal position there I, I have an equal partner there in the US uh, which has the same position with me uh, under company so every day uh, we talk about our projects we we do go to meetings we do phone calls 
Excuse me, GoToMeeting, as in GoToMeeting.com? Yes, uh, we use GoToMeeting.com for um, distributed uh, online conference with visuals. And based from experience, uh, sometimes we, uh, the highest that we had was like, we were on five time zones on a meeting. And there were like more than 10 people involved. So people from these different time zones have... Uh, different task or work assigned. This is because um, the project that we are working on is on a national uh, scale uh, in the U.S. with lots of people involved and and basically funded by the government. So what kinds of challenges did you have? For example, was uh, here in the Philippines people speak very good English. Um, were there any communications issues at all? Um, this client of ours, before we came into the scene, they were using India as their primary technical outsource, uh, outsourcing partner. And we were given the chance to like um, perform this small task because uh, they were the, 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 the other provider seem to be um, uh, takes long time to finish certain tasks so when they saw our work uh, we were able to finish tasks that supposedly were done by in like one or two weeks by the other provider we were able to finish in like a day or two so that's what um, basically they they that that impressed them to us and they want us. They wanted us to do more work. Um, part of and excuse me. So the, the the communication issue with the people in India had difficulties. Yes, uh, I I believe so. Uh, I, I I've heard feedback that um, um, talking to them was also a bit of a challenge for the client, and also with some accent, I think. And so the accent made it difficult for. People don't understand each other. Um, I, I think that that's that's the case there. Tell us the kinds of assignments that they would give you. Um, our assignments actually varied a lot. Um, we most of the time during the the early phases of the project, we were given uh, graphic design, logo, layout changes, and for for most of the part, and they also required us to provide support on web development, uh, that would be coding, CSS, layout, converting the graphics into, for example, WordPress, converting the graphics into templates that they could use for their, for the systems that they are building. And we also have um, done mock-up calls for um, technical support so basically the company or the client in the US they built the core of the system we provide the graphics we provide the web development they pro they build the core of the system as as the system grows as as it is deployed and they also work with us on how we are going to split the server how we are going to 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 effectively um, or 
how we are going to to monitor the traffic how how um, how to effectively utilize our existing resources basically okay so and how would they communicate those requirements to you and how did you communicate back to them the results or any questions you had um, I believe uh, two-third or most of the time um, they would tell me uh, the things that they have in mind the the other times they would ask me for advice so you know, excuse me, when they told you is that in the form of an email message or a phone conversation um, it's actually a combination of many it could be uh, okay. it could be via an email request it could be via a phone call or it could be through our uh, go-to meetings uh, where we share um, the, the screen of a particular presenter and we discuss uh, requirements, issues, and potential solutions on the spot. And how do you deal with the time issue? There's a 12-hour difference between the Philippines and the East Coast of the U.S. Your clients were in the West Coast, um, California, Colorado, Arizona. Yeah, Arizona. Um, we work from we work from Mountain Standard Time to uh, Pacific. So um, the best time that we uh, that we usually do our meetings is right after their office hours. Uh, that would be up to between 7 p.m. up to 9 p.m. of the client time, and for us it would be our it would be the start of our day. And also for some emergency meetings, uh, I would be up until midnight in Philippines, which would be around. Um, I think nine in the morning Pacific time. Yeah. Yeah, early morning. So yeah. So um, it's important to provide at least two points of contact for for me because they, there might be some issues in the morning for them, and they need it. Uh, they need to get back on me during the night time. So. Um, it would be ideal to have more, but uh, it's not humanly possible <laughs> unless, yeah, we sacrifice. I see. So to sum up the tools you use um, for your collaboration, you've mentioned GoToMeeting. Okay. Are there others? Um, primarily for our meetings, we use GoToMeetings because uh, these are uh, tools which I have served are popular uh, preference of our clients. Um, we also have, we also use a team viewer. So, and can you talk about that? What is team viewer? Um, team viewer. Actually, earlier today, I I showed you that uh, I access my computer at home. Ah, yes. So yeah, Th team viewer is like uh, is is a program that would tunnel to the other computer. And you have a screen there where, what, where, for example, if you move your mouse, that computer would actually move the mouse on the screen. So you have like VNC, but better. Yes, VNC better and faster. Mm -hmm. I see. Do you use uh, Skype? Any chatting? Or I guess you're not working at the same time of day as as the other folks, so there wouldn't be much of a point in chatting. Um, for chatting, I think I almost have. 
all of the internet messengers available. So <laughs> it's just a matter of preference of the client. Uh, as much, uh, my, my, my thought on, on, my opinion on communication is it should be whichever is convenient for the client. And me as a provider should be the one to adjust. I see. Well, certainly though, if there were problems on your side, it would be fair for you to express those problems and talk about a commonly acceptable solution? Yeah, I mean, the, the, that would be the ideal part, but um, if we encounter a problem, we immediately tell our client and we, we, we most of the time, offer uh, alternative solutions on, on, on how they want to communicate. I see. But so far, we haven't encountered any problem yet with internet messengers or even calls. I see. So, Harvey, tell us what it's like on, on your side of the outsourcing relationship. Are there any particular challenges that you have working with customers in the West? Um, any experiences you've learned from? Any advice for others? Um, being a provider for quite some time, um, I one uh, many of the things that uh, keeps on recurring th these issues is providing uh, incomplete or insufficient uh, instructions. Um, I have had experience uh, those many clients for some time now, and one of the best and simple way to to address that issue is just to uh, interpret their instruction into my own version into my own expanded version I write them then it's either I email them to the client for confirmation item by item or I talk to them and we discuss each of the item before I even start with the work that sounds like a great idea I've, I've done that too you know, somebody tells me something and then I I rewrite it in my own words maybe with some embellishments that I think they're thinking and I send it back to them and I say do I understand you correctly right correct and also at the same time um, trying to fill in gaps for example a client gives you this this set of instruction and and based from your experience or for your from your judgment um, that project would work better if you also suggest this one since you encountered this one before um, I don't hesitate to include it into my into into communicating it to the client so it's up to them to decide to in, involve it so that way the client would appreciate us more as a provider because we don't just uh, take instructions based on what they give us but rather we also try to think on them and try to own their projects Excellent, and you've prospered as a result. <laughs> Tell us, like, how you started out and and uh, where you're at right now. Okay, um, about ten years ago, I started uh, doing websites. I was paid like three hundred pesos per website, or which is about seven and a half dollars. Yeah, about seven and a half dollars per website, and they give me one week to do that. <laughs> and yeah, it was a learning curve. And at that time, I didn't mind because 
I was learning a lot. So, uh, what I did to compensate for the low pay was just to mass produce websites. So, yeah. And gradually, um, what I did was I never stopped learning. Every year, I should have at least two or three things new that I learned and I should have it applied. Um, for me, uh, I don't go to the path where uh, I try to learn something at the same time I don't apply it because most likely I will just tend to forget it or basically not, just waste my time. So over the years as I learned to program, as I learned more things, uh, for example e-commerce, database, um, during the times when I have no clients, I do personal websites. So, for example, um, I have this website, CebuClassifieds.com. Um, right now, it's number it's Cebu's number two most popular website with around uh, 18 million hits. Um, that website was created. Um, Aside from being sick for one week and I have nothing to do, uh, I had no client during that time. I think it was about two months. So during those low months, I tried to learn, I tried to study, I tried to put into practice what I have learned. So um, I wasn't expecting that those projects actually became a business that existed for more than five years now. So with all of my endeavors online, even before I started IDWave Technology, um, me and my girlfriend, now my wife, uh, we, we were able to buy a small house, that's a car. Then, um, basically, um, what we initially dreamed of to accomplish before we reached 30, um, we were able to do with the help of this online jobs. That's excellent. And you told me at lunch that you've passed Cebu Classifieds on to your wife as her stay-at-home, work-at-home job. Right. Um, before, um, about two years ago, she was working for like three years already on a five-star hotel here in Cebu. And uh, it just takes a lot of my time, uh, aside from working for uh, for for overseas clients. I, I also try to balance my projects with on uh, with local ones because um, um, I had the experience when the recession hits US within one year um, I lost most of my clients there I did not lost them but they didn't spend that much on projects mm -hmm. so I learned that um, it is better to keep a balance of both local and uh, overseas clients. So Cebu Classifieds is a personal project of mine and it grown into, should I say, uh, it's a local successful website with many advertisers and, and followers and I think it's about, um, about 300,000 people every month visits the site. And to 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 basically buy sell anything and and as I 
changed my plans into handling ID-Wave technology, setting up a technology company. I passed down my online businesses and other work to my wife so she could stay at home, stay with my daughter, and we could spend more quality time together. Excellent. So the lesson that the rest of us should learn is when we get sick, we shouldn't just sit around. We should create a website. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. <laughs> We should, uh, yeah. We should, we should never be complacent with technology. Otherwise, it will get after us. And being behind with technology uh, can really make or break our career as technology people. I totally agree. And uh, the pragmatic programmers, Dave Thomas and Andy Hunt, say learn a new language every year. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know. I I have a different view on that one. Okay. Um, for me, it's not. Um, as a person, uh, as being humans, uh, we have the tendency to have certain limits on how we can, on on how much we can learn, and basically, it's like uh, it's like building your base. It's like it's like building your base horizontally. At some point, you will be occupying the the the, the space where you would um, you would saturate your your tendency to to learn. Um, for me, um, I've I have developed websites. I have help in marketing, e-commerce, and basically around uh, an, an all-around person. But um, I have seen that. If I continue it this way, um, there will be a point that um, I could not catch up because um, 10 years... When you say this way, you mean moving into business rather than technical work? Um, instead of uh, building myself, uh, instead of moving horizontally, I need to move vertically now. Um, I have... The, the reason why I wanted to move vertical in, in, in a way that I, I need to, uh, I wanted to manage people. I wanted to manage a business. It's because, uh, I, th I think I already have a sufficient amount of background and experience. And since most of the work, as, as we providers see it, is, are just, uh, repetitive work. Even for, um, a, a database application, it's just, uh, it's just uh, the same amount of work. It's it's just a, a select. It's just a view. It's just an add. It's just an update. It's just a delete. It, it, this, these are just the four concerns of, of of how to interact on a database. At some point, um, you would reach uh, something that uh, you would reach a certain level that uh, you think you are not growing any faster. So for me. Um, it would. I, I see it as an opportunity to build a team, and for me to interact with clients, which uh, I am fairly right now comfortable, most comfortable of. So you don't disagree with the basic idea that we should continually be learning new things. You just chose not to learn languages, but rather to to. You went back to business school. You went. To, you after your degree, you you went to business school. You learn about business, right? Right. Uh, um, okay. Uh, in my college years, uh, I 
I took up computer engineering. Um, we don't have any accounting class there. We don't have any management class. And before graduation, my, some of my clients offered me not to apply for work because it would also compromise their projects. So um, being assured with continuous work, I decided to set up my own small company, and, uh, which, which uh, right now uh, handles my, the online businesses that my wife is, is, as, uh, is, hand, is managing. So, uh, well, th this is interesting because this, uh, I've heard a lot of software developers saying, I'm studying Clojure, I'm studying Haskell, I'm studying JavaScript, I'm learning this new thing. But I very re rarely hear, hear people say, you know, um, I'm, I'm in a business, I'm doing web development, but it's a business now. Yeah. I think I'll study business. I very rarely hear that. Um, I agree with that one. Actually, um, being a logical person um, takes some more effort to be a creative person. Hmm. Being in business, for example, if you are an engineer, you like this one, you don't care about aesthetics, you don't care how it's done, you, you, you just care what's the most logical way, how to best efficient. So um, if you're a graphics designer, you don't care how they will implement it, you just care that it looks nice. Being by developing yourself to have not necessarily balance, but if you have uh, something of both worlds that will really give you a, a competitive advantage. For example, for me, um, before I took up business school, um, I I can say to myself that I am fairly capable when it comes to web development and the technical stuffs, but I don't have any idea about accounting. I don't any I don't have any idea on what are the minds of the this business people. So if you have these certain skills, um, you need to find a way how to reach out to your clients better. So um, and what pushed me further to take up my MBA was um, when when ah, clients appreciate you more if you if you talk to them on a business sense. It's just they don't really care how you implement those requirements on what language they don't really care on what server they don't really care. What they care about is they they need you to understand what the issues and problems of their business are, are and how you can solve them. I see. Speaking of um, clients, do you have any advice about dealing with clients in a different culture? Dealing with American clients compared with local Filipino clients are totally different. American clients are more considerate on the service provider. Um, as long as the, their requirements are addressed are addressed to, um, they, they don't necessarily haggle and they appreciate more on the for example, if you are a quality provider, you understand them better than other providers. They tend to appreciate you more. For local clients, what matters basically almost 100% of the time is budget. It's not 
how much you quote them, but rather how much they are willing to spend. So it's more like of a haggle type. And so, are you saying quality and your professional reputation are not even considered? Um, not really that much, wow. based from my experience. And and for me, um, I I know the downside of taking in local clients, but in order for me to balance out my work for both overseas and local, I need to build a reputation for the local. So I need to get uh, businesses. I, I need to get projects which can give me leads. So, or I try to arrange something from these clients that uh, they need to refer to me so to, 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 to other potential clients and everything. Hmm. So in terms of communicating with American clients, other than the fact that they're more um, responsive and appreciative of your initiative and your expertise, um, pretty much that's it? There are no issues, um, kind um, of cultural barriers to transcend? Um, even for me, being a, uh, a Filipino provider, I prefer doing with uh, Western clients because um, they tend to know what they want basically um, they are more objective type people and uh, and basically they have a more um, for me uh, a culture that um, that is totally different from us because for for local clients, they don't. Um, they, they will just say that uh, I need this, but they don't know what else. Anything. So, um, um, really, as a provider, you need to you need to also know the psychology of both groups and adjust to them accordingly. Interesting. One of the. Uh, Interesting stuffs that um, that was new to me um, on this uh, outsourcing business is 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 that clients would would assign us task and we need to move um, we need to move in parallel with their teams. So they assign us a task. Uh, we need to make sure that the other team is already finished with it and then. We move from our side, so it's more on passing the ball uh, back and forth between Philippines and the U.S. So that's also a bit of challenging because the downside of there is um, that we experience is we were a lot faster than them. So a task for for a certain task we could finish it in one day, but for them it could take them up to a week or more. So we have a very long hang time so it's all as as a manager it's also good to know how to allocate resources so that um, you can compensate with the longer turnaround from their side how do you deal with your own employees idle time in situations like that um for for my employees uh, i assign them uh what we call uh default task Default tasks are something is either uh, 
internal projects for the company. It could be a research and development, or it could be something that has of commercial value to the company that they could only do if they don't have any task assigned to them. So kind of company overhead tasks that are not billable to the client but are nevertheless important for your operation? Right. And one good example of that one is um, when we started with our company, we, we, had a, we used a spreadsheet to monitor our time. And what we did there was um, we took this open source ticketing system that means uh, customers could could send you a message and it will be assigned a ticket number. Which system was it? Uh, it's an o OS ticket. So it's a popular open source ticket system and um, from there since we have a base system I, I assign it to my developers to expand it. And right now uh, that ticket system allows us to communicate internally. It allows the all my staffs that uh, so that when they go to the office they will log in there they will put uh, a password there that means uh, that's what the time they went into the office when they log out they also need to confirm to the system so that way we have a, a transparent time and also our our human resource department would would just take several hours to complete a payroll which before it took them like a day hmm. so uh, it really gave us more edge when it comes to having people work more uh, accomplish more and also we also expanded the ticketing system into a client billing tool so by the end of the day uh, uh, employees are required to 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 assign the number of hours that they have worked for this particular task into this particular client. Once they save that one, it will go to the database, and the client also have this client access tool that they could check in real time what are their billable hours are. And and that client access tool is part of this OS ticket product, or did you do that yourself? No, uh, actually, that's also part. That's also one of the modules that we did in house during our default time. So we have we have status sheets, we have time trackers for the attendance. Okay, so here's a really important question: Did you contribute it back to open source? Uh no, <laughs> <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, yeah, maybe in the future. Okay. <laughs> so Harvey, for those who are starting out in businesses similar to yours, do you have any advice for them? What pitfalls to look out for, what um, strategies to use, that kind of thing? My advice for, for people to, uh, who are still starting out on, on this kind of business is not just make their technical skills their primary tool. They should also know how to communicate, how to, how to translate business requirements. If, if possible, try to start out with your clients, especially non-technical clients, Discuss with them uh, as if you are feeling their pain. Uh, as if um, don't talk about uh, during the initial process. Don't talk about uh, technologies, servers, versions of what OS you are using, because from my experience, some clients are turned off by this one. They don't. They don't 
really care what how you want how you will address their issue it's just a matter of um, getting it done the sooner possible okay well thanks very much Harvey thank you Keith and thank you for dropping by at our office my pleasure Thanks for listening to the Wide Teams podcast. Please visit us on the web at wideteams.com to leave feedback and enjoy more articles, screencasts, and conversations about dispersed teams. The Wide Teams podcast is a service of ShipRise LLC and is released under a Creative Commons attribution non-commercial share-alike license. Our music is by Giles Boquette. Until next time, this is Avdi Grimm signing off. Wild, 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 wild,